0: Some people are very well known because of their distinctive ways of dressing. The music guru Molly Meldrum is known for that hat that he always wears. The caricature of a London male who works in the city of London has him wearing a pinstripe suit, a bowler hat, a tightly furled umbrella and a briefcase. John the Baptist was known because of his distinctive, almost Middle Eastern hippie clothes, made from camel hair and his leather belt. John the Baptist was also very well known because of his name John, which was really most unusual. By social convention, he should have been named Zechariah after his father, But by divine instruction, he was given the name John. And our responsorial reading today was the song of Zechariah that he sang after he was re-given the power of speech, having written down on that uh, blackboardy thing, his name shall be John. And so that was the uh, song of thanksgiving that Zechariah gave. John the Baptist was also known for his fiery preaching and for his denunciation of the current ruler and the current ruler's illegal marriage. And for us, John the Baptist is best known as Jesus' cousin of sorts and as a man who prepared the way of the Lord, as the Gospel reading said this morning. Now, John the Baptist was a baptizer. And that was odd. The Jews, when they were convicted of wrongdoing, went to the temple and they offered a sin offering, offered a sacrifice. And that was laid down in the Old Testament book of Leviticus. But John didn't advocate that. He baptised people. Where did that come from? Was it a special ceremony that John the Baptist had devised? Well, no, it wasn't. There are two theories about John's baptism. The first is that John was a member of a group called the Essenes. That was a religious group of men who lived in the desert and who meticulously observed the law of Moses and meticulously observed the Sabbath. They took on poverty voluntarily and they were celibate. And every morning, they began the day by going through a ritual washing in a specially built pool. And after that special ritual washing, they prayed together and then ate together. And it's believed that John the Baptist's baptism was a version of this daily morning ritual washing practiced by the Essenes as they felt the water going over their body and experienced that cleansing. It was an experiential cleansing of all that had gone before. The second theory about John the Baptist's baptism was that it came from the Mishnah. Now, the Mishnah was a Jewish book which was a commentary on the oral law. Now, if you have your daily devotions out of the book of Leviticus... I'll give you an award, but uh, <laughs> uh, but all the things that the book of Leviticus did not cover were covered by the oral tradition of the Jews, and the oral tradition of the Jews was explained in a book called the Mishnah, and the Mishnah laid down a practice of washing, which came from two verses in the Old Testament. So was John the Baptist's baptism from the Mishnah or was it from the Essenes? I don't know, take a 50 cent coin. Heads, Essenes, tails, the Mishnah, doesn't matter. But there are two explanations. So when people heard John preach and they wanted to give an outward demonstration of their change of life and taking on a new lease of religious observance they went through this baptism that John brought with him out of the Judean Mulga. Valerie and I have been able to visit Israel, and on one part of our tour there, we went to the baptism site on the River Jordan, and uh, it's really quite a well-developed site these days. And when we were there, there was a group of American Christians who were being baptized by immersion in the River Jordan by their pastor. What we saw but did not tell them was the water rats who were walking around the bank of the River Jordan. Now it's for sure that John the Baptist made a huge impression. He had a ring of disciples who followed him and who learned from what he did and from what he said. And one of John the Baptist's disciples was named Andrew, a fisherman. And it was Andrew who then heard Jesus And it was Andrew who uh, introduced his brother Peter to Jesus. But Andrew originally was one of John the Baptist's disciples. The huge impression that John the Baptist made was because he was an Essene who came to town. And the Essenes rarely came to town. The huge impression that he made was because of his appearance and this wild clothing that he wore. But that was the same sort of clothing that, that the prophet Elijah had worn. And you read about Elijah's uh, wardrobe in 2 Kings chapter 1. So this wild looking man was like a, a manifestation of the wild looking Elijah the prophet. And the huge impression that John the Baptist made was because of his desert diet. Locusts and wild honey. Yuck. Now, our Gospel reading said this about John the Baptist. He went into all the region around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. But what did John have to say about himself? Well, we need to go to the Gospel of Matthew to find out about that. It's recorded there that John said, I baptise you with water, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I whose sandal I am not worthy to unloose, whose sandal I am not worthy to carry. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. John knew that his main job was not to attract followers to himself. His job was to get people ready for the mightier one who was to come, and that was to be Jesus Christ. Advent is the season of getting ready For the mighty one who is to come. It's true that Jesus' first coming was in weakness and in humanness. A mere baby born into poverty. A human expression of the immense divinity of God. At Christmas we remind ourselves that God emptied himself. Took on the form of a servant. Humbled himself. And became obedient unto death, even death on a cross, as St Paul wrote to the Philippians. All our celebrations at Christmas are about the humility of God, God coming among us. It is very difficult to try to get that into our brain. How do we understand that God stepped out of eternity into time? How do we understand that God stepped out of the kingdom of God into the kingdom of men, it's, it's almost too big for us to take in. But what we can take in is the figure of the Christ child. What we can take in is the figure of the angels and the song that they sang. What we can take in is the shepherds and their amazement at what they heard from the angels or what they saw in the stable. We can understand those things. And therefore we do very well to celebrate those things with all the verve and all the joy we can. For they just take us onto the front doormat of the humility of God becoming like us. But Advent is the season of getting ready for the mighty one who is to come. And it's true that his second coming will be in glory and in grace and in power. And you and I are the Johns the Baptists for our world and for our community and for our family. We are those who are now preparing the way of the Lord, as John did. And we do that by the words we speak, the lives we live, the things we do, the attitudes that we have. Because we have seen and experienced in our lives the love and the grace of God. We try to show that love and grace and glory of God in the way that we speak and the way that we act. Of course, we won't be perfect as we do that. And of course, we will let our guards down and speak and act sometimes in ways that are less than we expect of ourselves as the people of God. But as we are as consistent as we can be, In living and speaking for God and God's standards, then people will see God in us and God may grant that they will be attracted to that way of life. So we're in Advent, getting ready for God, getting ourselves ready for God, getting our world ready for God. It's a huge task and it's beyond us in our own strength. But as we appropriate the power and the grace of the Holy Spirit, then in our small part of the world, in our homes, in our communities, among our families, there we can do what we do to get ready for God. Let's not be so overcome by the hugeness of the large-scale task that we don't take on the doability of the small-scale task. And let us get ready for God, as John the Baptist did. And so, we come now to